Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure and he's Mark Potash. Welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast, where guys, we are doing this remotely the same way the Bears had their media access on Thursday, uh, out of caution with the snow starting to fall about midday here. Jason, what effect do you think this is going to have on on the game on Saturday? It, it feels like it's less of a big deal than it was even 24 hours ago. I think it has no effect whatsoever, especially because you're playing one of the ultimate cold weather teams. I, I love Matt Eberflus or anyone at House Hall talking about bear weather when the team you're playing is from Buffalo, New York. I think they're going to be okay. I don't think that's going to be any kind of neutralizing factor. Uh, the cold will not be. Uh, heavy snow or like a total washout like they had in the season opener against the 49ers could level everything as far as the, the competitive disadvantage the Bears had. But we're not looking at anything like that. We're really just looking at cold. And I don't think that's going to be any factor whatsoever for the Bills. Potsy, is bear weather a thing? No, it's not a thing. Um, that was debunked long ago. I think it was when the 49ers came in here and just destroyed the Bears in a playoff game in the Ditka era. Um, it is not. It's one of those things we like to uh, hold on to dearly, like uh, like a team coming, beating the Bears, but paying the price physically, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Um, it's, a, it's, um, it's a romantic notion. Uh, that said, I... I think this is still a factor in this game especially when it involves not just cold but wind which means this to me plays right into the hands of the bears who don't want to throw the ball as much as they want to run it and i think both teams are really well equipped with their quarterbacks to run the ball a lot so um this has a potential to be one of those uh, fast games that they got to come up with fake injuries and timeouts to extend it to three o'clock uh, because this go this game could go pretty quickly, but seriously, it does play into the. This is the game the Bears should be looking forward to playing. They get to do what they feel like. Well, no, what they have, what they do best, which is run the ball, and um, and so I, I think I so I do do think that even though it's not so much bear a bear weather game, it is a game where weather will definitely affect it. A single wing offense is that what you're saying, Patsy? No, I just think straight ahead, plow right ahead, and 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 run. You know the Bears. Um, I was just figuring this out today. Um, the Bears, even without the quarter, if you take the quarterbacks out of the rushing totals, the Bears are ninth in the NFL in rushing. When and that that's without Khalil Herbert the last few games. So with Herbert coming back, they have a good, you know, running game that really isn't that dependent on field. So I just think it's going to be a. I think it's just going to be a traditional running game if the weather holds. A lot of times, you know, recently. We've had these big scares that don't turn out to be as bad as we think, you know, because everybody wants to get ahead of it and it turns out to be not as bad. The, the biggest thing I think since the snow is it's not supposed to be snowing during the game is the wind. And uh, that, frankly, will, I think, affect um, the Bills more than the Bears. Jason, I, I was so interested to watch the Bills against the Dolphins last week and see that when the Bills got down eight in the fourth quarter and they really needed it, they just let. Josh Allen carry the ball and, and with great results, they went down the field and scored. And then he ran for their two point conversion. Is he, is he what a, you know, is in three years, if Justin Fields can be kind of him, is that the best case scenario for the bears? Because this is a guy who's the fourth leading rusher among quarterbacks, but guess what? He throws a great deep ball. He, he throws an accurate intermediate game. He's really well-rounded uh, in, a, in a way that Justin Fields is not. And so is Lamar Jackson. When you look at those two guys and the total yardage, both of them, that they put up 
and how it splits the percentage of that that is passing versus the percentage that is running. It, it's way more balanced than Fields. Fields is averaging like 150 yards a game. And while he has been efficient for the most part in, as a passer, he's not been productive and prolific. And I don't think anybody's going to win that way long-term throwing for just 150 yards a game. He's got to find more of the balance like you're describing with Josh Allen. Always use that. They should never scrub this out of his game. When he's talking about, I don't want to run for 1,000 yards, I'm sitting there like, I, I don't know why you would say that because rushing for 1,000 yards could definitely be part of his game. But he needs, to be, he needs to be throwing for a lot more on top of that, though. And it needs to be a, like a much heavier. I think uh, Allen and Jackson are getting maybe like a quarter, like 20 to 25% of their total yardage by rushing. And Fields is, uh, last I checked, I think somewhere more around 35 to 40%. Yeah, I mean, Jason, did it sound like a cry for help? If anything, wasn't it him saying, I hope I have a functional offense around me next year in which I can just kind of make the easy throw in and I'd extrapolate out a little more. I hope I have better teammates who can who can do more with it. Yeah, because most of his runs, I, I don't know about most, but a lot of his runs are fire drums. A lot of his yeah. runs are everything is a disaster. This was not a plan. This was, he's running for his life because uh, there was a play in that Eagles game, Pat, where the Eagles with a four-man rush, that's it. And this is every team doing this to the Bears, it seems like, this season. Four-man rush. They've got a spy on fields. Nobody's open. He has no time. Like, what's he supposed to do? Run for his life. And that's what that's not a good plan. It's great to have that when things aren't going well, but that cannot be the plan. And that that probably is what he was getting at with that comment. Potsy, Jason brought up the offensive line, and I know that that's something you're working on. There's a chance that the Bears play Sunday with the, or is a strong likelihood they're going to play Sunday with their eighth different starting lineup. And what do you say? Their 14th different lineup in general? 14 14th different combination, right. which, is, which is huge. Yeah. Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins are both doubtful, I believe. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, and where would they turn if those this two will guys be as jumbled play? as they've been? You know, they've had, sp- go, from the very beginning, at the beginning of the year, as, as you would expect, you know, they've had pieces they can place, whether it's Lucas Patrick or, uh, Michael Schofield or Riley Reef, they've had, you know, at least pl- there are modular pieces. Now it's not so much. Uh, it'll be Michael Schofield at one, but at the other guard for for um, Cody Whitehair, you're going to have somebody who's really not a guard. And um, it sounds like Larry Borum, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's problematic for a team that has, uh, you know, struggled in pass protection. And um, it's it's just you know to me it's it's been a huge issue, but it's 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 interesting you know because the Bears have that weird stat they lead the league in rushing, but there's I don't know where are they last in sacks or are they sack percentage yeah sack, their sack percentage maybe maybe that the number anyway it's a it's a that's a that's a I don't know I don't know how unusual that is but it's one of those things where you know people can say yeah they got a I, I mentioned this, this before, like, you know, you get people say, yeah, they got to totally revamp their offensive line. And then you can look at their rushing. And like I mentioned before, you know, the running back, even without the court, it's not just quarterback driven without the quarterback, they're still a good running team. So those guys, they, it's just a good pass run, run blocking team. So then, you know, they have something here, but the, the, the big thing is they, they have no continuity. And I, that's where that's pass that's, that's pass blocking. That's where that comes in. That's why Braxton Jones, I tried to, bring it up and I just don't have the expertise to really make an issue of it when Braxton Jones mentioned that the twists and the stunts that were getting him 
on the Eagles. That's been a problem for the Bears all years. All years, players coming from spots that they're not. It's not just one on one, free blitzers. Anything, anything that's off the normal one on one pass blocking thing is really has uh, really flummoxed the Bears. And that's a lot of that. I think I didn't get a lot of agreement on it, but I think a lot of that is that communication, chemistry, unspoken communication, things that the that the veteran offensive lines have that the Bears don't. So you could have another problem if they're going to pass the ball. But again, a situation here where they're probably not going to be passing a lot. So maybe it won't be as big. And maybe that's another reason why they'll be running the ball because they just don't have the pass blocking expertise. But the, uh, I will say this, uh, cause I work on the story is that I've never seen, I've seen, you know, the bears and not to get off on a tangent here, but the, the one time the bears had all five starters start every game was in 2013. They were second in the league in scoring. Mm-hmm. And that was under Trestman. And it, there's definitely a correlation when you have that consistency. Uh, it doesn't mean automatically there are bad teams that start all five guys every game, but the Bears just have – I've never seen this kind of uh, lack of consistency or whatever you want to call it. Um, I've seen teams lose players here and there and a lot, but not like this where – you know, there's only been four games all year where the Bears have played – the Bears starting off of the line has played every snap, even in the game. That's amazing. And that's that's amazing. unusual. And yeah. part of that is because they had rotations, you know, with Leatherwood recently and with Patrick um, and uh, Tevin Jenkins earlier. But still, that's part of that. That's still part of the process that they're trying to figure this thing out. That is a detriment to your to, to your team in each individual game. That's so what I want. I think I, I guess my point, is I think I think the offensive line is just uh, really jumbled at this point. But I think you can also argue there is some potential there. Jason, the Alex Leatherwood rotation. Uh, went so poorly for Alex Leatherwood that they stopped it before halftime on on uh, on Sunday. If he can't play on this line, can he play? Well, they've been asking whether he can play since he got drafted. He was one of the best left tackle prospects in that draft uh, just last year, mm-hmm. mid-first round to the Raiders. They immediately saw they'd made a mistake. And tried to play him at guard, and were so dissatisfied by that even, Pat, that they waived him at the end of his rookie year. I mean, that this is so unusual of a story. And the Bears have not typically been an organization that can rehabilitate one of these guys and get something out of them that no one else could. Well, I mean, they've got right now Nikhil Harry as, as one example of, of a high draft pick who flopped to, you know, they're hoping for, you know, they were hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. That didn't happen. But Jason, it looks like, you know, Harry might actually get an opportunity. He was held out last time with a back injury. Sounds good to go. And with Clay, Chase Claypool unlikely to play, Darnell Mooney already out. Equinemius St. Brown is still concussed. Uh, it, it looks like a real opportunity for him. Yeah, but again, this is actually a bad thing that you're bringing up because how look how bad they are at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like Nikhil Harry, Dante Pettis, and Byron Pringle, probably. Yeah. Not not Bayless Jones. Still not Bayless Jones. Right. I mean, you would think that a third round pick who you have everybody saying behind the scenes, hey, he's starting to get it. He's starting to figure it out. There's so much opportunity here that anybody could walk in and play right away at receiver, except Bayless Jones. Right. Right. Well, if they can run block, though, Patsy, uh, <laughs> if that's the one thing that the Bears receivers do more do more often and better than anyone else, uh, does it matter whether they catch a single ball on Saturday? Yeah, it does. Well, maybe not Saturday. Maybe not Saturday. I think you can probably get away with it. But you're, it's a good point. I mean, 
they, but that's one reason why they are such a good rushing team is because they are so uh, obsessed with uh, their receivers just uh, going overboard. It's almost like the Lovey Smith thing with the takeaways where, you know, guys were just, it was just unbelievable how guys would just go after every loose ball and training camp and stuff. And, um, and, and so that is, that is, uh, but, but uh, I guess to the larger point is um, that's one of those red flags when you start telling me how great the receivers are at blocking. That, I mean, that's one of the last things I want to hear about it when it's like such a main thing. You know what I'm saying? That should be like, yeah, you know, he he, he make he's always open and he also blocks well. That's good. <laughs> right. You know, he's not catching anything, but he blocks well. Uh, is not is not as good a a a, a, a trait uh, in my cynical mind. Uh, yeah, blocking uh, that doesn't thrill you, and that's that's not twenty million dollars like a year. That's a good personality. <laughs> Mark, um, do you agree with how they're handling Bayless Jones? They are basically saying, uh, Matt Eberflus is saying, I, I don't care that we're quote unquote supposed to play this guy. We're not playing him if he can't. We're not going to factor him in in a big significant role if he's not up for it. If he's not reliable, would you would you stay that course or would you keep playing him and have him just make his mistakes during the games in the three and eleven season? That, that's a really tough question, uh, Jason, because I, I originally was one of those that just put them out there, let them make the mistakes. But if it affects the development of the offense and the development of the quarterback, that's a different issue. That's a bigger issue. And and I that's a legitimate concern, I, the way it's been expressed to me. And so um, it's a really ticklish thing, touchy thing, I think, because you've got a third round pick that, interestingly, you kind of by almost by definition, by not by definition, but you literally reached early. This is not looking at it in hindsight and saying he, at the time it was a reach based on all the prognostications of where this guy should go. So you've got that factor. But on the other hand, I think it's really tough to overreact to how bad somebody is in a bad offense. And you almost have to wait and see how good they'll be in a, how effective they'll be in a better offense. So it's almost a chicken and the egg kind of thing where when this offense is good, maybe he'll be, maybe you can't give up on him too soon. And maybe you have to wait and be patient and not play him right away. Or maybe he's the guy who has to make the offense better. Well, how can he do it if he's not on the field? So I see both points and I'm not trying to uh, dodge it. I just think it's that tricky of a situation for bad. This is something that bad offenses find all the time is. And then you could say that I've said that many times. Well, wait till wait, wait till we see how he is in a good offense. And then it either never happens. Or as we've seen with the Patriots, with the Keel Harry or the Packers with some of their young players, even in a good offense, it doesn't automatically mean that they'll be good. So you, I can't even argue that, that that will be a, a, a solution to this. So what I'm saying is I really don't know how to handle, um, uh, Valus Jones at this point. Um, I, I think you can argue that it's such a detriment that it that it wouldn't help, but you could also argue that he's got to be out there. So I, I I think it's a real pickle for for most of all um, uh, for Ryan Poles more than anyone else because he's going to have to make a decision maybe well, sooner and, than he thinks. Yeah, well, and this is a coaching staff too where their entire ethos is built around we grade the tape and you are what your score says you are. And there's a democratic nature to that, that I, I think giving Bayless Jones the benefit of the doubt, Potsy, and by sitting there going, hey, listen, I know you fumbled again, and I know you, you know, you, and, and I know you graded out worse than the other receivers, but we're going to play you anyway. I think that's just so counter to the culture that they're trying to establish. Yeah. You know, and, and another thing, Pat, is that, um, and this I'm not really sure of, this would be, I think, is like, 
with with Kevin White, I always thought the, the thing about the thing that was bad about Kevin White is besides all the injuries is that, and I've said this many times, is he never ever showed a hint to me of all the traits he supposedly had that made him the number seven pick of the draft. That was the reason why I don't think I, I was down on him. Like, oh, give him a chance, give him a chance. No, because he never showed this. It was like Shaheen, who never showed any of the freight train, you know, a rolling freight train, you know, Gronkowski type tight end guy he net we saw a few times in, in practice he showed good hands but other than that he was never so those guys i think you have to look at differently i think we've seen a little bit from Bayless just from the speed factor right that he's got something there which i never saw from some of the other quote-unquote busts this is more closer to an anthony miller type situation which also busted which is i guess kind of pulls the rug off my argument here because he showed now he definitely showed some traits of being a really good receiver right i mean Right. Uh, I, contrary to, to the other guys, to, to Shaheen and White, and he still didn't make it. So you don't know. But but I will say that is one reason why I would give at least a little bit of shot to Bayless Jones, because I do think he shows some of the attributes, mainly the speed, certainly not the hand, certainly not the discipline. You know, none of those things, uh, but, you know, to at least give him a chance when this offense matures. But the, I, I think Jason's point And the question is, do you do that this year or not? And um I'll be honest at this point, I have to say, I don't know. None of these games mean anything uh, unless you're worried about draft selection. So <laughs> maybe you should play them then uh, for the percentage of the Bears fan base that wouldn't mind seeing them lose. Before we get to our Bills picks, real quick. But you know, to Pat, you know, even like the one downfield throw that he uh, made, it looked like he didn't handle that right. I mean, I can't, you know what I'm talking about? The play, the downfield throw. Oh, I well, mean, we were, I mean, we were asking Ty Tolbert, the receivers coach, about it. Uh, yesterday about you know about they went deep to him and it just wasn't there we said what's he supposed to do there and Tyke Tolbert said run yeah. <laughs> run and I said isn't that the one thing he's good at <laughs> he goes yeah you know, yeah but and he, that, he had slowed down kind of sit he had that moment thought where he went oh I'm open and and kind of slow down a little bit and Justin overthrow yes Tyke Tolbert saying run Reminded me so much of when uh, Scott Skiles was, I think it was Scott Skiles, was asked about Eddie Curry. What does he do to get more rebounds? Jump. <laughs> and that was a huge red flag for Eddie Curry that, you know, he just didn't have it. And and so I'm making a half serious point here that, you know, those little things, those little things sometimes are indicators that um, that he just doesn't have, uh, he's just not get, getting a grasp of the offense or what his role is or how you be a good receiver in the NFL to really make it. Let's get to our picks here because. I've thrown this thing totally off the rails is what you're saying. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm venturing into this very carefully because I don't want to get mocked, but I have the bears winning 21, 20. Am I insane? No, in this weather, anything. The the the, the uh, Texans almost beat the Chiefs. Nothing is insane in the NFL. I mean, the 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 uh, Jaguars beat the Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys are good. In, okay. in, in what? I'm sorry. The Jaguars are good, but okay, move right, on. Right, right, but they're not as good as the cow. They haven't been as good as the Cowboys. Right. <laughs> but that's a good point because their quarterback is playing well. That's a whole different another story. But but anything. I mean, even if this game were played in regular conditions, that I wouldn't be that wouldn't be outlandish in today's NFL. Um, and it's not like you pick them every week. Right. So, um, so, so yeah. So especially in these conditions, uh, I, I have to admit, I thought for a minute of doing that, except I had already called it a loss in the, uh, in the first and 10. So I was kind of boxed into it. 
There's but a cl- we, classic pot team making two picks. Yeah, yeah, we need to we need classic to see Mark making two picks. Yeah, I'm not making two picks. I'm just saying. In a way, though. In a way. In a way. No, 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 no. In no way. I'm saying I'm giving credence to to uh, to the thought process behind Pat's pick because I'm saying that yes, I also thought of that, considered that before making my actual pick, which is uh, uh, Bills 19, Bears 16. Jason, next year I think we should sell a sponsorship for when Potsy gives his pick, but also acknowledge that he that he could he could have gone the other way too. Yeah, it could be uh, Waffle House. What? Wow, that let's pause it in Meyer House, whatever that was. That's fantastic. Good job, Bobby. We don't have that in Chicago, though. <laughs> we can, we can. My rationale is this, I guess, is that you know, we've seen this before. As it turns out, the 49ers are a really good football team. And, and granted, this was three quarterbacks ago, but the Bears have played a team that they had no business beating at home in a freak weather condition and found a way to win. And I just I, I just I don't think you have to look very hard to 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 see the parallels between the two. Now, you know, you know, we could argue that the Bears are, are are banged up in a way they they weren't obviously in week one, but their offense has come so far from that point that that they feel like almost a different team to me. Yeah, I don't I don't know what everybody else is missing, Pat. You're right. <laughs> you got it. Jason, who do you have? I don't <laughs> who do you have? Bills and uh by a lot. I think you're 3322, I think, or 3323, yeah. something like that. Just, not, a, not a total humiliation, but it'll be decisive. And, and everybody else in the Sun Times, uh, Rick Morrissey, Rick Tellender, and Lawrence Holmes, they all have uh, the Bills as well, kind of in your area there, Jason, about, uh, about where the point spread is. Uh, one more thing before we go, guys uh, the Pro Bowl um, selections came out on Thursday night. Of course, the Pro Bowl is not the Pro Bowl anymore. It's a series of flag football games, but the Bears didn't get a single guy for the first time since the end of the 2017 season. This isn't a shock to anybody, Potsy, but... They got um, Roquan. Well, <laughs> they get half credit for Roquan Smith. Oh, the irony. He couldn't make the Pro Bowl team, uh, Pro Bowl with the Bears when he was obviously really uh, qualified, and, and now he leaves and, and he makes it. All he had to do is go to the AFC, I guess. Um Potsy, are you? And then uh, Khalil Mack uh, made it again. Yeah, uh, I, I would. You know, amazingly, he didn't make it last year because he was hurt so much. But this is his seventh trip, and uh, he and Roquan will both start for the AFC, whatever that means. Um, is this any reflection, Potsy, on on the Bears or where they're going? Uh, number one, and I'll ask you number two. If you had to pick somebody, do you think they had an argument for any single player? Jason, I'll ask you the same question when Potsy's done. Um, I think it's a reflection of where they are. I mean, it's, right. it's not a surprise at all. The 2017 team, um, you know, that, you know, that, that was, um, well, it was a year before they went 12 and four. So I can't say they were, uh, you know, they didn't have uh, talent. Uh, they did, but that was a Hicks. Hicks was the big snub that year. Right. If I yeah, remember, I remember. Yep. that had legitimate snubs. If I remember correctly, Hicks being the main guy, um, this team, no, I don't feel like there are any snubs. I don't think, I mean, especially the way pro bowl stuff goes, um, off the top of my head, was it Brisker who, who I guess, uh, by the numbers was the closest, was the highest rated. It, um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would have argued to you that if Eddie Jackson's list, Frank injury hadn't happened. Yeah. If Eddie, know, he, ja- yeah. If Eddie he might've been there, he was leading the fan vote. He was leading the fan vote at, for NFC safeties when he got hurt. Yeah. Eddie Jackson doesn't get hurt. Hurt. He would have made it. If Brisker's on a winning team, Brisker will have 
the same year he's having now on a better team and will make it. I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's going to do that, but you no, know, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, but I'd be curious to hear what Jason thinks about that. Eddie Jackson would have made it on the combination of having a reputation and playing well this season. Jalen Johnson doesn't have the reputation, but I think I would feel as good about him as any cornerback in the league. I mean, he's just, people just do not throw at him. And I would imagine that Justin Fields will probably be added as a replacement at some point because somebody is going to back out of this and the league would love to have one of their exciting young quarterbacks in this. Yeah. I just wonder, and and I don't know how this works now with the, with, with the fact that it's a flag football game. Do you think Justin Fields is the fourth best quarterback in the NFC? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that Jared Goff isn't. Uh, the way the Lions are playing, and, and this gets back to you know, and Matt Eberflus has talked about this, guys, is that you know when your team is good, the individual accolades come, and when your team is bad, you really don't get the benefit of the doubt very often. And the Bears are bad. And the Bears are one of two teams that didn't get a, a Pro Bowl pick. Um, I think the bigger thing with Fields is, do you want that guy running at all in the offseason, uh, in, in any kind of competitive situation? Uh, the way in the old days, that would be never be a concern. I'm half joking here. Um, it would never be a concern. But in this day and age, people are so afraid of injuries for a good reason, mostly in competition, too. It's it's the, it's the speed and the and the size and all that kind of thing and the impact, I guess. But but really, do you want him? participating in anything where he uses his most valuable asset. Cause that's what, because in any kind of competition, you know, battle of the network stars type thing, they're going to lean on what they're going to let, they're going to showcase him in something where he can show off his speed. So just curious, I guess I'd be cu- uh, curious about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let him go, but just make him sit in the lawn chair and watch the yeah, flag. Just give him the recognition. Yeah. Right. But, but that's a good point. Does it really, I mean, is it for, I don't know if he's the, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, it's it's amazing to say this about a Bears quarterback, but maybe he's more exciting than he is good right now. In a year from now, maybe yeah, it's he'll a good be good. way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, the game will uh, uh, will take place at its regularly scheduled time on Saturday. We will uh, come back at you from the press box post game there, uh, and uh, we'll uh, describe and break down every sort of bitterly cold moment. Of it. Until then, uh, he is Jason Leisure. He's Mark Potash. I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you check us out on Twitter. Check us out on the Sometimes website or in print. Please like, rate, and review the show. And if you are traveling or if you're staying home over the holiday season here, please stay safe and stay warm. Uh, we will see you again on Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.